Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and my guest speaker this evening is Mr. Julian Vargas. Welcome to the show, Julian. Uh, thanks for having me on, Dr. Bill. Always fun to do these conferences. Well, let me tell you something. The last time that you were on, I got so many positive calls and emails. I said, i got to get that guy on here every week then, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, if it gets good, I'm even going to pay you, okay? <laughs> uh, all right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, this evening, we're going to talk about something that's always interesting to everyone with low vision, and we're going to talk about what's new in low vision. And I'm going to start out by really saying that there's a lot of new developments in the field of low vision. And as a doctor who specializes in helping people with low vision and a person who happens to be totally blind myself, I'm very, very interested in all of these types of developments. The first thing that I want to talk about are the developments in the area of research. It is so amazing that since 1989, when they identified the first genetic defect that causes retinal changes, that causes blindness, they have now found over 275 genetic defects that cause these retinal diseases. So as a result, this really provides a lot of exciting opportunity because if we find that a person has an abnormal gene, it is possible through gene therapy that a normal gene can be placed there. And just to tell you a very interesting story real quickly, last week I had a family come in, and I have known these kids ever since they were like five and seven years old. And now these kids are in their late 20s. And when I saw their name on the schedule, I was wondering, can that really be the same family? And uh, when they came in, they are saying, Dr. Bill, we found you, we found you. And when I first saw these kids, they were living in a different location, and now I'm at a different location. But we somehow met paths and such. And the daughter, she says, Dr. Bill, I really have to show you something. This is so amazing. And... She said, hold out your hands, and I want you to carry my little daughter. I said, what? You have a daughter now? I cannot believe it. And she's just giggling and laughing. She said, I want you to carry my daughter. This is so amazing. And she said, you know what, Dr. Bill? This is the first child in our family that has normal vision. And she says, can you believe it? We all have autosomal dominant retinitis pigmentosa. And when we look at our family line, we could just see in all the people who are relatives because they all have the RP. She says, well, I heard about this genetic research, and I went and had gene testing. And they said that they did find the abnormal gene that I had. And they talked to my husband and I and says, well, if you are planning to have children, 
we could tell you for one thing, if you do have a child, your child will have retinitis pigmentosa, just like all the other family members. But we have gene therapy. And if you would like, we could go ahead and do gene therapy, and we believe that we would be able to eliminate this abnormal gene in this new fetus. And they talked about it, and they said, absolutely, we'll try anything if we could get her vision to be better. So they actually did that particular type of gene therapy. It was in vitro fertilization. She had that baby, and when that baby was born, they all watched so carefully, and they noticed that this child was just so visually alert. They then did electroretinograms on this baby's eyes, and they were able to find that the retina was normal functioning. I just couldn't believe it when I heard that story because I have never heard of anything like that, and I have never read anything like that in the journals. So what we do know is that through all of this work that the Foundation Fighting Blindness is doing, raising money for research on genetics, it's really going to open up a lot of opportunities for many of us, too, us here on the call as well. And we also see that the work that they're doing with stem cells, where with the use of stem cells, that is something that can also potentially improve vision. And we also are finding that the research has identified that blue light the blue light from the sun and light bulbs and even computer screens and cell phones, that blue light is very damaging for the retina. So it is now very, very strongly recommended that all people with retinal problems, that they wear glasses that filter out the blue light. So one of the things that we'll talk about is that there's a pair of sunglasses called cocoons. And there's others available as well. But the reason I really like these cocoons is the first time that these young teenagers say, hey, these glasses are pretty cool looking. They don't look like these nerdy ones that you guys used to have before, Dr. Bill. And the cocoons come in different styles and also in different wavelengths to cover the eyes from the damaging radiation, including that type of blue light. We also know if you are a person who has received cataract surgery, when they remove the cataract from your eye, that lens that was in your eye all your life really filtered out a lot of the blue light. So... When they remove the cataract, it's very important to wear sunglasses that filter out the blue light. And there are also lenses that are very light in color or practically clear that can also filter out the blue light. Another very interesting thing that has been identified in a recent research study was that people who are working on their computer... Just before they go to bed, they have a much higher prevalence of having sleep disorders. And one of the things that they have identified is that the blue light coming from your computer screen 
or if you're on your cell phone, or if you're watching a lot of television, that blue light prevents the formation of melatonin. And melatonin is a particular type of hormone that helps us to fall asleep and to remain asleep. So if people do not use their phones, their computers, or sit close to a television before they go to bed, they will be able to produce the melatonin. They will be able to sleep longer, and they usually won't have problems of waking up in three hours. So that's another really healthy tip because... Nobody really enjoys their day when you just feel so tired or you just don't feel like doing anything because of that type of fatigue. So you want to ask your eye doctors for glasses that are going to filter out the blue light. Uh, number two, another very large development has been in the development of magnifiers. Now, magnifiers have been around for many, 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 many years. And in the olden days, they were always made out of glass, and they were very large, and they were very heavy. Also, what made it kind of bad was the fact that these magnifiers could not be grounded at a level that would reduce distortion. So when you look at some of these old magnifiers, you'll notice that the letters look a little bit distorted. Also, the magnification level of these magnifiers they might have magnified things up to three times. Well, today we have new magnifiers that are made out of a polycarbonate material, which is very lightweight. It makes it much easier to carry and to hold. They're also able to be ground in a way such that you do not have those types of distortions. And they go up to powers that are much higher than 3x. We now have them as high as 15x. Now, one of the companies that has really made a big difference, many of you might have remembered a gentleman by the name of Bill Mattingly. And Bill Mattingly started a company in San Diego, and his son, Sean, has subsequently taken over the company. But what's really great about their magnifiers and all the products that they have is they have really done what they could to try to lower the prices of all of these visual aids. If you wanted cocoons or you wanted a magnifier, the prices are really much, much more affordable. And what I really found to be very helpful is that Medi-Cal pays for them. So that's very helpful for many people who have low income and they could get their glasses and their magnifiers and their sunglasses, all of these things covered through Medi-Cal. Now, the latest developments from Mattingly is that they have upgraded the types of lamps, the light bulbs that are in their magnifiers. They have many magnifiers that have lights, and these are now using LED bulbs, which means that they're brighter and they last much longer. Number two, these particular types of lights are available in different colors. So there are some people who are able to read better if the light is a very, very white light. 
Others read better if the light has a little bit of reddish-orange color to it. Others read a little better if the light is a little bit of bluish-green. So we are able to prescribe magnifiers with a specific color light that works best for your eyes. And this really makes things easier because now our patients who use magnifiers don't have to sit underneath a big lamp, you know, and this helps them if they're on the bus or they're in access or in an Uber or wherever it is that they are, they, they have the ability to turn on a light when they need more light. Now, the third area that there's really a lot of talk about is what's happening in the mobile technology field. And what I mean by that is what's going on with the cell phones. And to tell you all about that, I brought on the person who knows more than anybody that I know, and that is uh, Julian Vargas. So, Julian, go ahead and take it away and let everybody know what's going on in the field of mobile technology. <laughs> All right. I hope I can uh, fit into these big shoes here that you set up. Oh, you won't, let, so. you, you won't let me down. You won't let me so, down. <laughs> one of the things right off the bat that I want to mention since you were talking about the blue light from screens is that uh, companies like Apple have been putting in solutions into the operating system that operates the iDevices, I which is known as iOS, or now they just started this separating it for um, for the uh, iPad, call it uh, iPad OS. But it really is the same thing as the iOS that runs on the phone with slightly different features. Anyway, uh, several years ago, they started putting in this night mode type of setting. And I believe you could either find this under uh, settings and display and brightness, or sometimes they move some of the stuff into accessibility, so you look in both places. But I believe that you can turn on this mode and what it will do is, after, you know, later in the evening, if you wanted to, it will actually uh, change the uh, the display ever so slightly to filter out a lot of that blue light so that when you're using your, your device later at night, uh, it uh, minimizes this problem. So it's something you want to look at. Um, I'm fairly certain uh, that... Uh, Android probably has something similar as well in later versions of Android. So you want to look in your display settings or in your accessibility settings and look for any references to this type of thing because uh, that can really help since more and more people love to use these devices and, yeah, using them late at night before you go to sleep. I mean, I, I personally think it's still a good idea to avoid doing it because it's better just go to bed with a clear mind and not take some of the uh, anxieties and things that uh, we get bombarded with every day with social media and all that stuff. But, you know, if you're somebody who must read the email or whatever before you go to bed and you're going to use your vision in any way to do it, then you really want to take the time and look for these settings and enable them because it, it will at least help to minimize some of the damage that this can cause. So as far as other uh, things, I mean, there's always new apps, new things going on. But um, staying with the uh, theme of the operating system, this year with iOS 13, Apple introduced some really uh, great changes to the accessibility. Now, uh, even though I am uh, partial, I still use VoiceOver 
almost exclusively. I keep my screen curtain on, so actually I can use my phone at any time, and I don't have to worry about the blue light thing because I don't look at the screen. I listen to the phone. So, <laughs> and that's interesting but, um, because you have vision. Yeah, but it has been deteriorating over the years. My my condition is something somewhat similar to RP, but a little different. The Lieber's congenital amaurosis, and it uh, it degenerates over uh, life, especially as one gets older. And when I started to noticeably experience these changes, I decided to sort of jump ahead of it. And I realized that it was time to start adapting to the blindness method. So I went from Zoom text to magic on the computer, for example, because I knew that that incorporated keystrokes that JAWS uses. So I knew that eventually I would become a strictly JAWS user. So I figured this would be a way to ease into that transition. So I, I did that, and I, I've done the same with the phone as well. Uh, and back when I got started with accessible phones, the, the screens were fairly small anyway, so I, I really couldn't see those uh, all that great to begin with. So it was a great opportunity to really jump into the world of relying on the screen reader primarily as opposed to the you know, stuff on the screen. So as a result, I, 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 I've made a successful transition, and even though, yes, I have some usable vision, I don't need to uh, give myself eye strain and headaches trying to look at a screen. I just relax and I, I, I listen. So it works good for me. So Apple has introduced some, some really neat uh, things into voiceover accessibility that I think have been very helpful not only to me but the clients that I work with. Um, one of the biggest changes is that they now allow you to customize and remap the gestures that you use to interact with the screen. So, for example, if you were somebody who hated the turning of the rotor function where you put two fingers on the screen and, and simulate like you're turning a knob, uh, you can now change that. You can still have access, access to the convenience uh, that's offered by using things offered in the rotor, but you don't have to put the two fingers on the screen to turn it. You can use another gesture. either an un Like in my case, I used an unused gesture. The two fingers swipe left and right was not assigned to anything. So I assigned that to turning the rotor. Two fingers swipe right is like turning the rotor to the right. Two fingers swipe left is like turning the rotor to the left. So you can do things like that. Uh, some people use that gesture who, uh, for example, people who navigate by headings a lot. Instead of having to turn the rotor and uh, turn for headings and then swipe up and down, now they've made the swipe right and left going to previous or next heading. So it's a lot of things that you can do. I created a custom gesture that takes me straight to voiceover settings, so I don't have to go to settings and accessibility and then look for things. I just go, I do this one tap, four-finger single tap on the screen, and that opens up voiceover settings. So a lot of neat stuff that you can do. This is also especially very handy for people who have issues with manual dexterity or arthritis or I also worked with clients who don't have five fingers on one hand or maybe have them but can't use them all. So if you couldn't use, uh, you know, up to four fingers, uh, you couldn't do some gestures. So now, again, you can change the gestures to work with uh, your specific condition. So I really love that. Uh, I think it's a, it's a game changer. So that's one of them. They also made it so you can customize the sounds of, uh, or, or turn off some of the sounds that voiceover makes and also give you a, a haptic or haptic feedback 
if you like. In fact, by default, when you first install iOS 13, you, you notice right away that as you interact with the screen, you feel like your phone's tapping you. And that goes along with the little click that VoiceOver makes when you swipe to a previous or next item. I always hated the sound of a click. I, thought, I think it sounds loud and obnoxious. <laughs> so I, I love the fact that I can turn off that click and now have the tap, the, the tactic feedback from the phone give me that same information. But yet there were other voiceover sounds that I liked having, like when an alert pops up on the screen, I like hearing the little doom sound that it makes to indicate to me, hey, something just popped up on the screen. You want to see what that is. So I love that now I don't have to, it's, you know, before it was either all off or all on. So I love the fact that now I can pick and choose the ones that are on, the ones that are off. I can use this haptic feedback to, to give me some of this information that used to be represented only by sound. So it is really awesome. I, uh, I like it a lot. There um, also things you can customize. This thing called activities. And it's really great. So let's say, for example, you're like me, and when you're normally browsing your phone, you keep your screen reader up at a fairly high rate of speed. As uh, somebody on a podcast I recently listened to calls it, uh, your phone speaking German or something like that. <laughs> it just sounds like a bunch of gibberish if, if you don't have a trained ear for this. But maybe when you're reading a book, an ebook or a news article from Apple News or, or from a, another news source, you might want to have it read slower and you might want to use a different voice than the one that you normally use for everyday browsing of your phone. Well, now you can create custom activities that either kick in when you launch a certain app or in a certain place on your phone. Or you can turn them on and off yourself by, again, accessing a, a feature in the rotor. So I really love this feature. So uh, I created a mode called Demo Mode because every time I'm giving accessibility demonstrations about the iPhone, the first thing I do is obviously slow down the speech and change a few things and change the voice a little bit so that it seems a little more inviting and less intimidating to a new user. And now it's really easy. I just switched the activity that I created called Access Demo. And as soon as that mode is on, now my phone is speaking in in the Siri female voice, which is crisp and clear, but yet pleasant to listen to. And it's also speaking at a much slower rate than what I normally keep it at. So it's uh, it's much easier. Uh, it uh, has improved my workflow and allows me to give what I think is a better demonstration of the device overall. Uh, there's lots of other stuff for low vision users. There is now a system-wide dark mode. So if you're like me and you like to have your background dark and your text a lighter color, uh, this is now a way to do it. And as that developers optimize their app to work with it, you're going to see better and better support for it. So now instead of having to turn on the invert color settings and things like that, and then sometimes it would invert pictures the other way so it looked like you were looking at an X-ray instead of somebody's face, uh, with the system-wide dark mode, uh, it's going to mean uh, a much smoother experience. Uh, they also introduced something that I think is going to be great for people with physical disabilities, like uh, maybe you, 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 you're paralyzed and you can't touch the screen. They created a voice command mode where you can literally control almost every aspect of your phone via your voice. Uh, they did a great demonstration of this during Apple's 2019 keynote uh, for WWDC back in June. So if, if you want to see that in action, go uh, go look that up, uh, WWDC 2019 keynote speech, and you'll see that demonstrated. It's very, very nice. So 
those are some of the, uh, the the new, what I think are really the new and exciting things with uh, mobile accessibility. Gosh, that's great. I, I didn't even know that these things were available. Uh, Julian, you know, one of the questions that patients often will come in or they will call and ask me, and they will say, what is the difference between Be My Eyes and seeing AI, and do I really need them? Would they really help me? What's your thoughts? Uh, yes. They, they, well, you know what? They are both tools in the toolbox. I have a folder in my uh, first home screen of my phone called VI Toolbox. <laughs> and in that VI Toolbox folder, I keep all of these different tools, seeing AI, um, uh, Be My Eyes, Ira, all of these things. So, um the main difference right off the bat between Be My Eyes and Seeing AI is that Be My Eyes is connecting you to a human, a volunteer, that has decided to download this app and lend themselves to be a pair of eyes for a blind person who needs a sighted assistance. So this is great for, you know, if, if, you, if you have two different uh, ties that feel the same and you want to know what, which is this color, which is that, or whether these two things match, or you're standing in front of a store and maybe you're wondering, what does this sign say? Uh, it's great for stuff like that. Uh, it's great for if you're grocery shopping and you found the milk and you want to know what the expiration date is on it. So you can use stuff like that. And, again, these are wonderful volunteers from all over the world that, that are part of this program. Seeing AI is all – the AI part really tells you what it is. It's artificial intelligence. It's uh, – from Microsoft, and this is all computer learning, machine learning, as they call it. And they have various different uh, what they call channels, but I call them more like services in the app. So you can do anything from reading text, either a live text reading, so anything that the camera sees, it starts to read it instantly, or the more traditional optical character recognition where you take a picture of a document and it starts reading it back aloud to you. It has a barcode scanner. It has a color identifier, but I'm not really big on uh, color identifiers on smartphones yet. I don't think they're that reliable. They've got um, currency detection. They even have a handwriting mode, which actually works halfway decent. I was very impressed. Uh, I had somebody write something to me on a piece of paper, and it actually read it. It gave me enough of what was there to know what the person wrote. So that's there. It has the mode where you can take a picture of something or a room. It'll try to describe a few things that are in that uh, frame. Um, they even have a thing where you can teach it to recognize people's faces. So oh. if you have somebody that you've trained it to recognize, you can walk into a room and kind of wave your phone around. And if it sees that person somewhere nearby, it's going to tell you, oh, it's going to play back the recorded uh, name tag or something that you made for it. So it's pretty neat. It's, it's a fun app. And what's nice about them both is that they're both free. There's no cost to download or to use these. So, again, download them both and put them in your VI toolbox. Wow. And what about AIRA? IRA. So IRA is uh, it's kind of like a, a step up, if you will, in a sense, from, uh, from Be My Eyes. What IRA agents, what separates them is that these are actual paid agents, and they are specially trained to help blind people, and they're trained by blind people. Actually, I've helped train some of them. <laughs> so oh, I can speak really? to that. Yes. 
So um, these are people that have been trained to give blind people assistance. They also have a much more sophisticated system available to them. When you call into an agent, they can actually see where you are, and they've got multiple screens in front of them. So they're not only seeing one screen has what's in front of your camera, the other screen has where you are on a Google map. <laughs> so they can actually see where you are, and if you're trying, for example, to find a store and you're near it, uh, they can help uh, guide you to it. Uh, I've used them at the airport many times now to uh, to find my way around the airport without having to wait for assistance. Like just the other day, I got off the plane, and they didn't uh, have a meet and assist there. So you know what? I, no worries. So we're on IRA, and away I go. <laughs> and you can also um, sign up, uh, link your Uber and Lyft accounts to them, and this is what really comes in handy. I called an Uber from the airport, they are able to, on my behalf, because I've shared the sign-in, summon that vehicle, tell it where I want to go, and then they can see on the map, like sighted people can and we can't, they can see on the map where that vehicle is and give me that information. They also know the description of the vehicle, so uh, through my camera, they're watching for that vehicle. Nice. And it just, it works very nice. Now, IRA is a paid service, but they do offer free free service as well. Uh, so anybody can download the IRA app and set up a guest user account. You don't have to give them a credit card or anything for this. You just set up this account with them, and you can use it at the select uh, locations that call IRA access locations. This is where they've made an arrangement with a business or an airport or some kind of uh, municipality to where they – that. That entity is actually subsidizing your use of IRA while while they're on the premises. So you can That's use IRA for crazy. free that way. Uh-huh. And also they now started offering free five-minute calls to anybody. So, you know, and a lot of what I do when I use IRA is really quick things like, here, I need to set this oven to preheat at 400. So can you tell me as I'm pushing the button when I reach 400? Great. Okay, four hundred. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good day. And it's like way less than five minutes. So most of my calls are within that threshold. So even though I do uh, have a monthly service plan with them for times that I need more uh, minutes, uh, most of my calls are actually under that five-minute threshold. So anybody can use IRA for free now, and you should again download it, set it up, and put it in your VI toolbox. Gosh, that is great. That is great. Hey, now, now, Julian, um, what could you tell us? I was listening to a radio show out here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a guy by the name of Leo Laporte, the tech guy. I just love this guy. But he was also talking about how now uh, the Pixel 4 is coming out. And what are your thoughts about that particular phone, and how helpful can that phone be for people with low vision? Can they still run these same programs, such as Be My Eyes and Ira, and yeah, that's an Android phone, and yeah, nowadays most of the apps that are available on one platform are available on the other, and it's not exactly that app, something very similar. So uh, apps like Ira and Be My Eyes are available on Android. The Pixel phone, the Pixel Four, is a very usable phone. The only difference is they got rid of the fingerprint reader, so I'm glad I have my Pixel 3. Um, sometimes I wish that everybody didn't feel like they have to follow Apple on everything they do because I, myself, am a big fan of the fingerprint reader. I've learned to get by with Face ID on the iPhone, but I like having the choice of both. 
And I know that there are some Android phones that offer both Touch ID and Face ID. And rumor is that next year's iPhone might also have Touch ID back. They, they, they're, work, they're developing a technology, actually it already exists, where your fingerprint can be read through the glass. It doesn't have to be on a fixed sensor on a button like it used to with, with the older iPhones. So I'm looking forward to that. If, if that's the case, then I'm buying the new iPhone next year. Okay. Well, that's great. That's great. You know, now one of the things I wanted to tell all of the, the callers about is that there are not a lot of changes in the area of video magnifiers, but uh, two of the video magnifiers that I think are pretty interesting are actually made by Optilic, and one of them is called the uh, Optilic 10 OCR. So the 10 means that it has a 10-inch screen, and the OCR means it does have optical character recognition. So with this portable CCTV, if you have a large paragraph of reading, you could put it underneath there, and it can read it for you out loud. So it seems as though the companies are realizing the people with low vision, they also could really benefit from having uh, the device read for them as well. Another one that Optilic has announced that they're going to be releasing and it's going to be improved is one that has a camera that focuses on the chalkboard or distance object. And I believe this one is called the Optilic Go, G-O. So it's to help you when you're on the go. And uh, that is something that a lot of people are really more and more interested in because these cameras themselves are getting smaller and they are actually easier to transport. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the fact that there are more and more companies talking about making these types of glasses that have a camera on there, and the camera will focus on whatever you're looking at, and it will display it on the high-resolution high screen. Now, these screens are right where the lenses of your glasses are. So when you put these on, you could almost get the sense that you're wearing virtual reality glasses if you're playing video games. These fit very comfortably on your head. They actually look very stylish. And for many patients that have pretty advanced low vision, they have been able to see with these devices, and they've been very, very excited about it. So one of the ones that I have had the most experience with is the Iris Vision glasses, but I think that there's going to be many other competitors coming out. And what's good about all of this competition is that the prices then do become lower. So at this time, I'd like to open it up if you have any questions. And Julian, can you stay on the line to answer any questions our callers may have? It would be my pleasure. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, uh, Julian, before before we take the questions, would you mind giving your contact information if anybody has questions about setting up their phones this way or if they need lessons from you? Yeah, absolutely. This is what I do. I provide uh, training, consultation, uh, demonstrations, and uh, remote tech support as well. You know, if you need to have a guide or call to help you get you, get you out of a, of a mess, uh, 
that's what I do. So there are several ways I can be reached. Uh, my website is the easiest one, www.techjv.com. That's www.techj as in John, v as in Victor.com. And you can read a little bit about what I do. You can uh, hear and watch some of my latest uh, appearances and, uh, and presentations that I've given to get an idea of what I do and to, and to just benefit from them. I also, on that webpage, maintain a list of what I call iOS resources, and these are apps and services that you can use to, uh, if you want to learn the iPhone for the first time or if you know it and you want to maybe try some different apps like some of the ones I've talked about today. I have links to them all there. Uh, learning resources as well from places like Hadley, which provide instructional videos and the Apple Viz website, which has a whole section dedicated to new, new users of Apple devices. So feel free to check out that website and make use of what I provide there. And you can call me also at area code 818-794-9554. Uh, one more time? Yeah, that's 818 794 9554. Okay, great. Uh, does anybody have any questions for uh, Julian or for myself? Dr. I do. Tom. Yes, Tom? I want to ask you questions about the last device you talked about the glasses uh, with the camera in the corner, and then the actual lens was the monitor, I guess. Do those glasses uh, speak to you? Are they OCR? No, they do not do OCR yet. Okay. But that is something that has been uh, under request, and it does run on battery power so that you're you're not having to, you know, connect to extension cords and things. But it is called the Iris Vision. Okay. All right. Thank you. I could look for a representative in your area. Where do you live, Tom? I, I know you so well for so many years, but I don't remember. You live out there somewhere. Northern <laughs> Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. That's right. I knew it was like somewhere in the cowboy country. <laughs> Let's see. I think, was there a woman who had a question? Yes, I did. Uh, my name is Pat, and I used to live in Sundance, Wyoming. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> But you anyway, guys know each other? No, but anyway, uh, my question is, uh, I would like a newer updated um, type of reading machine that I would put a magazine or a book under, uh, and it would uh, put it up on the screen, and I was wondering what was available in the market now for that. Well, there's actually many, many CCTVs do have the ability to display it on the screen in larger print, and it can read it aloud. Uh, if you're looking for one that is going to be portable, let's say that you travel and you want to take it when you're on vacation, or maybe you have a vacation cabin or something elsewhere. The one that I just referred to, the Optelec 10, OCR is one that would be easy to take with you when you go to places. But if you do not 
need one to be portable then any of the full-size CCTVs that have speech would be very, 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 very good. Hmm. Do you have a machine? Well, the, one right I, the one I have right now is a camera-type thing that clips onto a screen, a computer screen, and you can move the camera around um, and, like, do your makeup or whatever or look around the room or you can paste it down to to read the material but i have found out i have trouble with the lighting on that uh if the lighting in the room is not just right mm. i have trouble with it so that that's my problem do you, do you know the name of the machine um not right off hand okay what i would actually recommend though is Look on the camera or look on that machine itself. There should be a name and a phone number. And if you tell them that you're having that type of problem, either A, they will come out and see if there's something wrong with the camera, or B, they may trade it in for their newer camera because the newer cameras are much better with different levels of lighting. Okay. Great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Pat. Hello? This yes. is Cecil in Pensacola. Yeah, talking about those, I had two solos, one for me and one for my wife. We were two separate. I just got rid of those, and I've got a Patriot, and I love my Patriot. I just got that at night. Oh, okay. That's the Patriot CCTV, and does it have... It's, it's the, gla- the Patriot is the electronic glasses, you know? Oh, yes, That's... yes. Does your Patriot and, also read aloud for you? Yes, yes, it does. Wow, that's great. Well, it Tom, I think... A picture of a do- it, it does the same thing the Solo does. It'll take a picture of a document. Also, it, you know, it's just a magnifier as well. You know, they, they, they recommend that you do not walk around with it. I, I took it to a couple of baseball games, and I loved it. <laughs> I could actually you know, see the baseball games, you know, see the, the field. Oh, man, how great is that? Oh, that's fantastic. So it so it does talk to you then? Yes, the Patriot does talk. The guy's name is John Palmer. He's here in Florida over with Ocala that that sells them. Okay. All right. And it was the price the price of it wasn't bad either. I got it for less than three thousand. Woo, really? That's great. Okay. Thank you. Yes, Tom. 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 Yes. It's Leslie. Um, I will send you John Palmer's information. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, have it, I have his information, so I'll send it to you. I'd appreciate that, Leslie. Just send me the email, and I'll get yep. it. Okay. Okay. Magnifying America. I think the name of the company. Yeah, he just changed. I think his company just changed names, but. Cool. All right. Thank you. But yeah. Hello, uh, Leslie. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Leslie there still? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, Tom Frank here from Vermont. Trying to get a hold of you to double-check on our 800 number and transferring information. So, yeah. Just give me a call. You're busy today. I'm around, yeah. <laughs> okay. How you doing, Tom? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Trying to stay warm. Oh, okay. Let's see. Are there any no, questions I, for Julian? 
Dr. Bill? Yes. It's, it's Kathy Farina. Um, the, the lady who was talking about um, the CCTVs, um, I use a Merlin. It's called the Merlin Elite, and oh. it's from Enhanced Vision, and it has the OCR function. Um, it's a desktop model, and it has, you know, you can also put the material under the camera on the table, and you can either look at it to read it, or you can have the um, material read to you. So she may want to check that out. There, that's from uh, Enhanced Vision. Okay, I appreciate that. I just looked at my camera. It's called a Smart View 360. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Side recommend. But I'm not, I'm just not real enamored with it. Well, I could tell you, like what Kathy was saying, when I had vision, I purchased the Merlin Elite also. Mm-hmm. So I was very, very happy with it. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Um, I have a question about the research that you talked about. The uh, identification of the 275 defective genes, is that specifically for RP? Uh, no, that, it is, no, no, it is not. For example, they identified the abnormal gene for albinism, and they found the gene for uh, Lieber's congenital amaurosis and many other types of conditions. Okay. What about optic nerve atrophy? That's what I have, and I don't know if there's anything in the works for that. I I don't know specifically on that, but I I I could definitely uh, inquire and do that research for you. I'm going to give you my email address. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my yes. my email is uh, Doctor Bill D R B I L L Foundation. Mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Okay. If you could send right. me an email and remind me, and, and I'll do the research. And, and I want to ask you a question. Do you know if you have optic nerve atrophy or optic nerve hypoplasia? I've never had the words hypoplasia okay. referred to me. So. Okay. 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 Thank you. Yes. Thank, Thank you, Dr. Bill. Yes. Dr. Bill. Yes. Is there anything new in the research on toxoplasmosis? As far as uh, as far as it being a genetic defect, no, I don't believe so. I have never read anything like that. Toxoplasmosis is related to an infection, and uh, when the retina is damaged through that particular type of infection, I think it is possible that with this research on the stem cell, that it could possibly improve vision in the future. Well, that's what I have. That's what I was born with was toxoplasmosis. So uh, it's been a very interesting 60 years of of seeing what research is doing with it. So. Wow. Okay. If you send me an email, too, I could look that up to see what type of research okay. is being done on that over here in uh, UCLA and UC Irvine. And it was Dr. Bill Foundation 
yes, at gmail.com. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Are there any other questions out there? Dr. Bill, this is Tom again. As long as we're <laughs> talking about uh, research and that, are there any uh, updates on uh, research being done on eye transplants? I I have not read anything about, you know, actual eye transplants recently, but let me look into that too. Okay. I I would I would take one of those eye transplants if it was successful. <laughs> uh, right there with you. <laughs> and I was wondering, well, what's new in stem cell research? Is there anything new in that field? Well, there's uh, a lot of work that's being done on stem cells to see how stem cells are able to uh, restore various tissues of the eye that has been damaged. Yep. So uh, I can I can talk to you about that, you know, more privately, and yep. I'll find out how much you you know, and uh, we'll see if there's anything new from beyond that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right, any other questions? Dr. Bill? Yes. It's Kathy Farina again. Yes. Um, uh-huh. I, I have retinopathy of prematurity. Oh, okay, yes, yes. And I was wondering, have would stem cells help that at all? Like, would it restore any retinal function? I would think that it, it really would have that type of potential. And was yours, do you know, did they call yours retinopathy of prematurity stage 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5? Did they give a number to yours? Uh, no. I mean, I know that it used to be called retrolental fibroplasia, but oh, that's yes. all I know about yes. it. Okay, okay. And Are... also, I just wanted to comment uh, that I'm with you, Julian, as far as... Um, I use the screen, the, the the voiceover function on the phone. I don't really try to read the screen. Um, I like the dark uh, background. I fixed my phone so that the the background is dark. I appreciate that because I can kind of see where the cursor is when I'm writing something on the phone. I can't really read the words, but I can kind of get more of the layout of things because the contrast is better. So... Uh, I'm I'm with you there. I uh, really enjoy the new features on the phone like that. Yeah, it's it's liberating, isn't it? When you finally realize, okay, you know, I, I'm I, it's okay to, to 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 cry uncle and say, okay, you know what? I'm not going to give myself headaches and stress right. anymore, or we're trying to force my eyes to do something that they won't anymore. You right. Can, you can use the new technology and and bring it into your fold, and at the same time, you can still use your remaining vision for certain things that that make sense to use it mm-hmm. uh, you know so it's it's just it's a it's a wonderful feeling by the way i should mention too that for people who don't like to have a screen reader but maybe occasionally might get a long email or just want to read a certain block of text you know maybe a news article uh, they do have something called speak screen that you can enable and the way this works is that, you know, in the regular non-voiceover mode of the iPhone when you're just using it in the regular way, uh, when you enable this, there um, you highlight text 
you know, you use the highlighting features that you normally would. Uh, and when you highlight any text, there's a button that's on the screen. And tapping that button now will just read that bit of text that you have highlighted in a, in a text-to-speech voice. So for people who, who don't want to go full screen reader but still want to kind of give their eyes a break on, on certain reading, that feature is available as well. I use it a lot, and I really like it. This is Tom from Vermont, and I did a lot of iOS training for folks. And also, just three, not, uh, that's free, speak highlighted, but just three fingers from the top of the screen reads the whole screen. So I, yeah. mm-hmm. I use that for a lot of people because they just couldn't get voiceover and just turn on that speak screen, three fingers from the top of the screen, swipe down, and it started reading the whole thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, what I found is that some vision can, you know, if I'm working with a client whose vision is like mine, that it's going to get worse over time, it's a known fact already, then I, yeah, I mean, obviously you can't force anybody to do something they don't want. But I really try to impress upon them that uh, little by little get yourself used to doing things the blindness way because eventually you're going to need to learn this, and the, the more familiar you are, the less, daunting it's going to be when that day comes and usually that day doesn't come overnight it, it gradually encroaches so um but with certain conditions that do not degenerate they, they, they remain stable then absolutely uh it's good to use other uh, methods like that or another thing for example they would say that that icon i can't really see it I can see what sort of what it is, but I don't know what it does. So I kept saying, okay, turn on voiceover, touch it. You now know yep. it's the up arrow. Now turn voiceover off. Now when you see that blue arrow going to the right, that means back or whatever it was. And now you understand it. So your vision, you can see still see the icon. So use that, but you just don't know what it is and it's confusing. Turn voiceover on. Find out, turn it off. Use yep. both, and you can do that. You can do it through the shortcut, or you can even just nowadays yeah. you can use Siri. Turn voiceover on, turn voiceover off. It's the easiest can be. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, Julian, I want to thank you very much for your time. I know you're on vacation there in Florida, but we really appreciate all the information you have to share. And uh, for those of you who want information about any of this type of research, just send me an email and I'll find it for you as soon as I can and I'll email you back. So uh, Dick Burden from Airs LA, want to thank you and Christine Chaikin from Airs LA also, want to thank you very much and this podcast will be available for listening probably in about one week. So thank you very much and I hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Good night everybody.